The first half of this perek discusses laws concerning damages which come under the category of burr, where one places a pit or an obstacle in a public area and causes people to fall into the pit or to trip over the obstacle. And the Mishnah opens up by saying, One who takes out his straw, tevin and kasha, different types of straw, and he places it in a public domain. For the sake of fertilizer. He wants them to rot. And if he leaves them there for a long time, then they'll turn into fertilizer, which he can use for his fields. But meanwhile, as long as it's there, it's an obstacle for the public. If somebody else is injured by it, for example, he slips on it, then the person who placed it there would be obligated to pay for his damages. And even if the person who placed it there declared it ownerless, so it no longer belongs to him, since he is responsible for the creation of that obstacle being there, that in itself obligates him and makes him responsible for any damages which will come out of that thing which he created, that obstacle which he formed in the public area. Now the truth is, in this case, it's unlikely that he made it ownerless because he wants to use it for, in the future for, for his fields. But nevertheless, the Mishnah says, Anybody who gets there first and takes it, he is able to acquire possession of it and it becomes his. With Jabonon, anybody is able to take it and it pretty much becomes ownerless and up for somebody to grab it. With Jabonon as a punishment for him creating this obstacle in the public domain. Mishim Gamriel says, Anybody who damages the public domain by placing obstacles there, not only is he using up the space of the public domain, but he's also causing people to need to be more careful in the public domain, and he's making it a dangerous place. And Shimon Galil says, Anyone who does this, and he's coming to include a case where he is allowed to do it. In the time where it, where it was normal for people to start making fertilizer, and so they would put out straw in the public domain, one is allowed to do so, in order to give people that ability to do what is normal, and that was considered to be a normal thing. Even though he's using that Rishos Harabim, nevertheless he is allowed to do so. Even in that case, the Heziku, if it causes damage, they are obligated to pay for the damage which is caused. Even though he is allowed to put it there, it is at his own risk. And according to many, he is still obligated to guard it. Perhaps he needs to hire somebody to watch over it, make sure people don't fall into it, put up a sign, wherever it may be. He does need to guard it and make sure people are not injured by it. But he's allowed to put it there. And the Mishnah is saying, if it causes damage, he is still obligated to pay. This part of the Mishnah is not talking about a case where he was allowed to put it there, but in a case where he wasn't allowed to put it there, and Mishnah Gamaliel agrees with the previous opinion that anybody who gets there first and takes it is allowed to take it, and it becomes his as a punishment. Now, if he was allowed to put it there, there's no punishment. But in this part of the Mishnah, Mishnah Gamaliel is talking about a case where he wasn't allowed to put it there, and therefore anybody is able to take it. Now, if there is animal dung in a public domain, that can also be considered a burr. It's an obstacle which can cause people to slip. So what happens if there is animal dung lying there in a public domain? It's totally ownerless. So if somebody does slip on it, no one's going to be obligated. There's no one who we can obligate. But what happens if a heifer is a somebody turns over the dung in a public domain, he lifts it up in order to acquire it. Perhaps he intends to take it, maybe to use it for his own fertilizer. That could also be used as fertilizer. But then he decided not to in the end, and he put it back where it was. If somebody is damaged by it later on, he's going to be liable to pay it for the damages, because it became his, so he's now got something which belongs to him in the public domain. 
and so he is the one obligated for the damages caused. Mr. Dalit, the end of the previous parak talked about Odom Hamazik, a man who does damage to somebody else's possessions. And because of that, the beginning of this parak also discussed Odom Hamazik. And then the Mishnah went a bit sidetracked to discuss the laws of Burr. This Mishnah continues to discuss the laws of Burr, but this time it's Burr which involves people. That the person himself turns into a Burr. He is the obstacle. Shnei Kadorim, if there are two people who make and deal with barrels or earthenware utensils, they make earthenware dishes showing Halchem Zachar and they're walking one behind the other, and assumingly they are both holding some earthenware utensils, the Nit Kalharishain, and the first one tripped as he is walking, he tripped, not on anything in particular, but he tripped whilst he was walking the Nothal and he fell down. Now, according to this Mishnah, one is not considered responsible for falling down. There was an argument about this earlier on in the Perek, but according to this Mishnah, one is not considered responsible at all for falling down whilst he is walking. However, we're talking about a case where he had enough time to get up before the second person would arrive. He was walking in front of the other person, let's say a couple of seconds in front of him, and after he fell, he had enough time to get up again. But he didn't get up, so for that we're blaming him and he is responsible. So if if the second person behind him trips on the first person, who is an obstacle, the first person, the one who fell and became the obstacle, he is obligated to pay for the damage done to the other person. The second person walking behind is not responsible to look on the floor to see if there are obstacles. And likewise, he doesn't need to be concerned that a person is there either. Now, it is important to note that the first person who became a borrower himself, who became an obstacle, he is only obligated to pay for the damage done to the other person. But if that other person was also holding on to an earthenware dish and it smashed because of him tripping over this first person, for that, the first person is not obligated to pay him. There is a unique law, which is learnt from Pesukim, that damage done to objects in a burr, the person who is responsible for that pit, for that obstacle, is not obligated to pay for. If a person falls in, or trips over his obstacle, or if an animal does, then he is obligated. But damage done to objects, the person who is responsible for the obstacle, is not obligated to pay for the damage done to objects. And so in this case, the first person who tripped would only be obligated to pay for the damage done to the second person, but not to the second person's earthenware dish which smashed. Mishnah now a similar scenario to the previous Mishnah, what happens if Zebob Chavisoi, one person is coming, he's walking in a public area, holding on to his barrel, let's say it's a wooden barrel so it can break quite easily, Zebob Karosoi, and somebody else is walking in the public area with his wooden beam, and they're walking towards each other in opposite directions, Nishpura Kadishal Zebob Karosoi and this person's barrel gets broken on the beam of the other person. The objects which they are holding collide, and the barrel breaks. Says the Mishnah Potter, the person who is carrying the wooden beam is exempt. Because this one has permission to walk in a public area, and this one has permission to walk in a public area. They both have to be there and to carry things, and they need to be careful that they don't get damaged by the other, by other people. They themselves are holding on to it. They have the ability to to make sure that their item is not damaged. And especially if somebody is holding something fragile, which can break easily, the responsibility is upon him to avoid collision with somebody carrying something heavy, which can break it. Now, what happens if they're not coming in opposite directions, but the person carrying the wooden beam is walking in the front, and the owner of the barrel is walking behind him. 
and they're walking in the same direction. In that case, if if the barrel gets broken, it collides with the wooden beam, the owner of the wooden beam is exempt from paying for the damage because he's walking in the front. And the responsibility, when you've got two people, one walking behind the other, the responsibility is placed upon the person at the back to make sure that he keeps enough distance and that he doesn't bump into the person in front of him. He's the one who can see the other person. So if he's holding a fragile barrel and he knocks into the person in front of him, it's considered to be his fault. And so he cannot demand payment from the owner of the bar- of the wooden beam. However, if it is the owner of the wooden beam's fault, for example, the Omabalakaira, if the owner of the wooden beam stood, he stopped walking suddenly and he just stood there and that's what caused the person behind him to knock into him and for his barrel to break. In that case, Chayev, the owner of the wooden beam, would be obligated to pay, because here it is clear that he is at fault. He suddenly stopped, even though there was somebody behind him. And even if he didn't see the person behind him, he needs to be concerned that there's people, there's other people walking in this area. And if he's holding something heavy which can break things, he needs to look around in order to warn people that he's about to stop. And indeed, the Mishnah says, about if the owner of the beam told the owner of the barrel, Amoid, stand still. He warned him that he is about to stop walking and that to avoid the other person's barrel breaking, he should also be still. So he warned him and in that case, Potter, who would be exempt because it is not considered to be his fault anymore. And what happens if it was the opposite? If the person holding onto the barrel was walking in front, and the person with the wooden beam was walking behind him, so now whose responsibility is it to watch out? Again, the person walking at the back. So if the barrel collides with the wooden beam, they hit each other and the barrel breaks, Chayev, the owner of the beam, is obligated to pay. He was walking at the back, he needs to make sure that his wooden beam does not damage other the person in front's barrel. But again, if the person holding onto the barrel stands still suddenly, so again it's his fault that his barrel then broke because he stood still, and therefore the owner of the beam would be exempt, Potter. However, once again, if he told the person at the back who was holding the beam that he is about to stand, and he told him, Amoid, stand still because I'm about to stand, then Chayev, then the person holding the beam at the back, if he doesn't listen to the instructions of this person to be still, and nevertheless carries on walking, and then the person in the front stands still, causing the person at the back to walk into him, the person at the back is obligated to pay for the damage which he causes, because he was warned to be still, and he ignored that warning. So he is the one responsible for this damage. Now the Gemara notes that we're only talking about a case where somebody stands still suddenly. But if the person at the front stands still for a couple of seconds just in order to rearrange the thing which he is carrying, like whenever somebody is walking with something heavy in a public area, every now and then he stops for a second just to refit the thing which he is carrying. In that case, he wouldn't be responsible just if he stands still. Or if he stands still suddenly, and it's not in order just to rearrange what he is carrying, then standing still puts him into the position where he is responsible. And the Mishnah adds, V'chein, and similarly, all of the laws which we discussed in this Mishnah would apply in a case where Zeb Bob One person is walking with a candle, with fire, and the other person is walking with flax, with straw-like material which can catch fire very easily. So that would be equivalent to the barrel in the previous part of the Mishnah. And the one carrying the candle would be equivalent to the one who is holding the wooden beam. Mishnah this Mishnah is very similar to the previous Mishnah, but instead of talking about where two people damage each other's item, here we're talking about where two people injure each other. If two people were walking in a public area, 
Or if one of them was running and one of them was walking, or if both of them were running, and they damage, they injure each other, they are both exempt from paying for the other person's injury. Even if one person injured the other one much more, or only one person injured the other one, and the other one got out without any injuries, since they are both part of this act, and it's not really true that one is more responsible than the other, even in the case that one person is running and one person is walking, the Gemara explains that we're talking specifically about a case which took place on Erev Shabbos, close to when Shabbos was coming in, and on Erev Shabbos, one is allowed to run in a public area in order to do the last things before Shabbos comes in, and to prepare for Shabbos. So one is fully allowed to run in a public area, and he's not considered to be totally responsible for what's going to happen. On a regular day, somebody running in a public area, that's not allowed. But in this case, where it's Erev Shabbos, it is allowed. So since in all of these cases, they are both equally responsible, and they're both part of the actual act of their collision, they are both exempt because we sort of look at each person who is injured as also having caused it for himself slightly. He's part of the same act, and therefore they would both be exempt for paying for the other person's injuries.